you know, I don't mind me being a minister, um, having another minister, especially one who is definitely more, more known than I am. But to have another minister um, give you God's word, give you God's message, because my, the bottom line is I want everything of God's word to be applied to you, whether it's coming from me or, or from someone else, just as long as God's truth is known to you. So today I have a minister of uh, Myron Gold. Now, Myron's uh, forte or specialty is a financial awareness applied with biblical guidance. But today, he's talking about marriage. Marriage defined by the Bible. Marriage defined by what God says it is. In Ephesians chapter 5, it says... In verse 30 through 32, it says, For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bone. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is the great mystery. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So, um, there, the, the, the concept of a biblical marriage is this, that a man marries a woman. That's the concept of a biblical marriage. And since God's the one who created the institution of marriage, he should be the one who defines yeah, that's it. That's true. God is the one who instituted marriage. He is the one who set the rules and boundaries of marriage, not man. But yet, with today's society, man is the one who wants to change the rules, change the boundaries, have man and man marrying marrying together have a woman and a woman marrying together heck even had um some years ago dennis rodman marrying himself god is the orchestrator of marriage plain and simple he had man marrying woman woman marrying man simple as that but now we've come up with all these um, entanglements, if I, if I can use that word. Whereas we want to change the parameters, change the game of marriage. When God made it simple, God made it basic. God made it understandable. So marriage is something, it's, it's something... Uh, spiritual. It's a spiritual connection between a man and a woman. It's a physical connection between a man and a woman. It's a legal connection between a man and a woman. It's a covenant connection between a man and a woman. I know that our society in the Supreme Court, they say a man can marry a man and a woman can marry a woman and a man can have a husband and a woman can have a wife, but that's not what God says. Okay, According to God's economy, a, 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 the biblical picture of a marriage is a man and a woman. Now here's what's fascinating or at least it was fascinating to me. One of the things that the Bible describes the church as is the bride of Christ. I'm going to keep it real. I don't know about y'all. I struggle with that. Why? I'm a dude. 
How am I going to, like, I'm part of the church. How am I going to be a bride of what? What? I don't understand it. It didn't make sense. But it does make sense. Because marriage between a man and a woman in every aspect, including the physical aspect of intercourse, is a picture of Christ and the church. What does that even mean? Well, it's a physical representation of a spiritual reality. I'm going to say that one more time. It is a physical representation of a spiritual reality. And that's why, that's why the Bible speaks out against fornication. What is fornication? Any kind of sexual sin. A man having sex with a woman and they're not married. That's called fornication. Um, a, and neither one of them are married. Or one of them is married and one of them is not. That's called fornication. A man who is married having, an, uh, having intercourse with a woman who's not his wife. That's called, or vice versa, a woman having intercourse with a man who's not her husband. If the, but she's married. That's called adultery. Adultery is a form of fornication. Fornication is any kind of sexual sin. But adultery is a particular kind of sexual sin. Uh, homosexuality is a different kind of sexual sin. Why? All of those sexual sins mar the picture of the spiritual reality. That's why it says, I speak concerning the mystery of Christ in the church. What is the mystery of Christ in the church? Is that God created everything for a reason. So what we see in Genesis chapter 1, we see in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Well, the first thing we see about God is that he's creative. So creation is one of the things that is essential to the character of God. He is creative. God is. You might say love. God is. You might say holy. God is. You might say omnipotent, omnipresent, or omniscient. All of those are true, but none of those are the first thing that God tells us about God. The first thing God tells us about God is that he is creative. Why? Because the first thing he tells us about us is that he created us in his image, which means he created us to be creative, and he made us to make things. So part of our fulfillment as a human being comes from creation. But that's not enough. Why? Because when God created everything, he had three categories in creation. He created creation, sun, moon, stars, trees, grass, water. He created creatures, dogs, cats, chimpanzees, giraffes, and alligators, bees and flowers and so forth. Okay, I mean bees and bumblebees and all the insects. So he created, cre he created creation, he created creatures. Here's the interesting thing about creation and creatures. They can't appreciate the God who made them. So God had a desire to have fellowship and to celebrate his work with someone who was not him but was like him, so he made man. And when I say man, he made Aleph, Dalad, Mem, Adam. God called their name Adam. In the image of God created him, male and female created he them, and God called their name Adam. Adam. That's what it says in Genesis, right? So, so God made man. So he made, so he had creation, creation, creatures, and now he's got creators. God made creators. And when God made creators, when God made man, when he first made man, um, he, it's, he said it was not good for man to be alone. He made them both male and female, he, but he, he breathed that into man's nostrils, the breath of life, and the man became a living soul. Later, God separated the man from the woman, he took a rib out of the man and made his help meet or help sufficient for him, help that is enough for him, and she became his wife. Okay, so 
All of that. How does that represent Christ in the church? Like this. Well, if you read the first part of Ephesians chapter um, 5, it says that a wife should submit to her own husband. A lot of people have a hard time with that. I don't know why. It's like submit doesn't mean he owns her. Submit, the word submit means to place yourself under the, under the protection, the provision. Um, you place yourself under another. That's all it means. You place yourself under. And because a man's position and a woman's position are different, it does not make one better and one worse. It just means they're different. Like, my left shoe ain't my right shoe, and my right shoe ain't my left shoe, and I don't want to put my left shoe on my right foot. And I don't want to put my right shoe on my right foot. Not because my right shoe is better than my left shoe, or my left shoe is better than my right shoe. They're just different. And men are different from women. Men are, generally speaking, larger than women. We're bigger. Men are, generally speaking, stronger physically than women, which is why it's a tragedy that they're letting all these guys who are having these operations, compete against women in sports. But that's a different conversation for a different day. I'm not going to go there. Um, so men are, God has commanded the man to protect the woman just like Christ protects the church. The man is commended and commanded to provide for his family. Okay, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, so a man, a husband and a wife have different roles. Why? Because they're, they're different. They have different roles. And men can do things that women can't do, and women can do things that men can't do. That's just how life is. But together, they can do something that neither of them could do by themselves. That's the beauty of marriage, right? So when a man and a woman come together, right? So you got a man by himself, and the man goes out and he creates. This is, it's, it's amazing how this is exactly like creation. Man gets, like, man grows up, and he be, a boy grows up, becomes a man, he goes out and he creates and he works, and he's got, he's, he's doing stuff, and he's maybe got somewhat of a successful life, but he's got no one to enjoy it with. So what does he need? He, it's not good for a man to be alone. He needs a companion. He needs somebody who can appreciate and who can celebrate his accomplishments with him and who can assist him on his journey. And I guess there are people who would think that that makes a woman less. I don't think it makes her less. I think it just makes her different. It's just different. And so but what happens when a man and a woman come together, they, now they've got, they've, got, they've got connection. So the, you've got creation. You've got connection. You've got a woman who grows up. She becomes a woman. She gets a job. But she feels, she feels like something's missing. Why? She's, doing, she's got nobody to celebrate with. So they come together, and now they have connection. So you've got creation. So God had creation because he created everything. Then he created creators, or man. Now he's got a connection. He's got somebody who's like him, but not him. Aleph, Dalad, Mem. Aleph represents God. Dalad, Mem is blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. A man or a woman, we are a God-like creature with flesh and blood. We're not God, but we're similar to God. We're more similar to God than animals are. And so what happens is we can fellowship with God. I, I was just sharing with some folks here um, a little while ago that language is a spiritual attribute. It's something that only spiritual beings have, right? So we, we need somebody to talk to. You need somebody to talk to, I need somebody to talk to. Even people who don't like to talk, even people who are introverted, need somebody to talk to. Okay, so God had, connect, God had creation, then he's got connection. What happened? Man yielded to the serpent in the garden and resisted God, and then man severed the connection. This, by the way, this is what the whole Bible is about. The whole Bible, the whole Bible everything in life is about this. Creation connection. The connection got severed, so what did God do? He sacrificed his son. He get, first, he sacrificed animals, showing that he was going to later sacrifice his son. 
and that was a prophecy. And what happened was there had to be a contribution in order to restore the connection. The contribution was the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that restores the connection. That's the whole, that's the whole meaning of life, right? So there's this intention. What's the intention? Creation. There's a connection. The connection gets severed. There's a contribution that reestablishes the connection. That's why we as human beings only feel fulfilled when we have creation, connection, and contribution. But guess what happens? The husband and the wife, they get together. And when they get together, um, they, they have physical intercourse where it is a picture. Physical, like intercourse is a picture of God's relationship with us with Christ's relationship with the church. In what way? Well, just like a woman, her body opens and receives the seed of a man, and then that produces new life. Okay? That's how it works physically. That produces, that connection, the man can't create new life by himself, the woman can't create new life by herself, two women can't create life, two men can't create life, but you put a man and a woman together, they can create a new life. Now, in the activity that creates that new life, they... The joy of that activity, the pleasure in that activity doesn't come in normal people from the man trying to please himself with the woman or from the woman trying to please herself with the man. The real joy comes when the man is obsessed with pleasing the woman and the woman is obsessed with pleasing the man. I know this sounds graphic. It's not graphic. Everybody knows what sex is. Don't, like, don't act like you don't know what it is, right? And so, but what happens is when you when you are obsessed with bringing pleasure to that other person, that's when the seed is released, and that's when new life is produced. Well, guess what? God wants us to open our spirit and receive the seed of his word. And he wants that to bring us joy and ecstasy, just like when a woman receives joy and ecstasy from receiving a man's seed. But he also, God also has pleasure in giving us that seed, he has pleasure in our pleasure in receiving it. That's the mystery of Christ in the church. The mystery is that now we have creation, we have connection, that connection creates new life, that new life is born. What can that new life do for itself? Nothing. It can't feed itself. It can't clothe itself. It can't bathe itself. It can't protect itself. So it needs parents. And, and, and what happens? The connection that those parents feel with that new life and the contribution that those parents give for that new life is everything. Like parents will give everything for their children. Do you realize it's impossible for a child to love their parents as much as a parent loves the child unless when the parent gets older, they become... They get to the place where they can't take care of themselves, and then the child starts taking care of the parent like the parent took care of the child. Then and only then can a child love a parent as much as a parent loves a child because the more you give to anyone or anything, the more you love that thing or that person. You know, that is so on point because I saw this happen when my father-in-law was ill. He got ill. He, he suffered a stroke. And my wife took care of him for about a year. And I saw her love for him grow because she was the one, things got flipped around. She was the one that was taking care of him. And yeah, that's, so that's true. That is, that, that's true.
And I mentioned that to, to her. And I could tell she, she started to tear up a little bit because she herself saw that love for him grow. So yeah, that was, that was on point. And so it's the contribution of those parents that cultivate and, and, and prepare that new life for a life of its own. That's exactly what happens with Christ and the church. This is the mystery. The mystery is this, that when we take pleasure in receiving the seed of God's word into our spirit, when we open our spirit willingly and we get joy from, from receiving the seed of the truth of the word of God and it brings us ecstasy, that brings God pleasure. And so literally, God gets pleasure in giving us his seed when we get pleasure in receiving it. It's the exact same picture. That's why he said, I speak concerning Christ in the church. And this is why it's so important. It's so important for, for a man to have a wife and a wife to have a husband. It's why, this is why it's important. This is why it's so important that we don't mess up the picture, that we don't ruin the picture and we don't ruin the experience by just having sex with everything that moves. Like, God, God has a way for, for, to do things for a reason. And when we do it his way, our lives will be better. Creation, connection, contribution. It's the mystery of Christ in the church. It's the mystery of a husband and a wife. Creation, connection, contribution. That's, 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 what, it was, that's what it's all been about from the beginning. That's why you feel happy. Like, it's so interesting <laughs> that... A man who has a wife, I mean, a man who doesn't have a spouse, but he get, finds this girl and he falls in love with her and they get married, like, he, he can't wait to get home from work to see his wife. A woman who, doesn't have, who has a career, but she doesn't have a husband, she gets married, she can't wait to get home to see her husband. Un, until the husband starts trying to fix the wife and the wife starts trying to fix the husband. You start, you start, start trying to turn them into the thing you hope they would be eventually with your help instead of just celebrating who they are. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Now what happens is the man has creation at work, and when he comes home, he feels severed from that connection because his wife is always trying to fix him. Or the wife, she goes to work. She feels creative at work. When she, comes, when, when, when she comes home, she feels her husband's always trying to fix her, so she feels disconnected. Or maybe she's a stay-at-home mom, and she's creative because she's creating meals and sustenance for her family. And then when her husband comes home, he's like so irritated by stuff that he happened at work that he brings all of that home with him, and she feels disconnected. And what happens, people get divorced because they forget to remain connected and they forget to cultivate the connection and they forget to keep contributing. It's the, contrib like it's the perpetual connection and contribution that keeps us connected with each other and what makes our marriage, makes that marriage flourish. Doing things together. Like, like the husband doing things with the wife and for the wife that he wouldn't, he wouldn't do otherwise. The wife doing things with the husband and for the husband that she wouldn't do otherwise. Right? Like, because you love them. That's part of the contribution. Part of my contribution to my wife is doing things that she likes to do that I don't like to do. Part of her contribution to me is doing stuff that, like, like with me that I don't like to do. Like I like to go to the golf course. My wife could care less about a golf course. Okay, cool. Sometimes she'll go to the golf course with me. My wife loves to exercise. I don't love to exercise. I just, 
don't like the alternative. So I do exercise. <laughs> Just keeping it real. I don't like to exercise. But sometimes we'll work out together at home, right? But I don't go, I ain't going to the gym. I just can't do it. The, rubber, the smell of rubber mats and other people's sweat is just, it just overrides my entire Seinfeld syndrome. Like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it, y'all. So y'all pray for me. Um, I've got issues. But, but doing things together. I remember a couple years ago, we went on vacation to New Mexico. You know why we went to New Mexico? Because my wife said, I've always wanted to go to New Mexico. Okay, well, let's go to New Mexico. Like, I don't care where we go. Vacation? I, if I want you, it's my vacation. Let's go, right? So my, you say, Myron, what's your point? My point is creation, connection, and contribution. Why? Because creation gives us leverage, right? So what, is that, what does that mean? When I go to work, like I am working right now. I'm, re- I'm recording this YouTube video. It gives me leverage. Well, how does creating a YouTube video give you leverage? Give you leverage? Well, because there are people who will find me because of this YouTube video that wouldn't have found me any other way. So it's le- it leverages my reach, right? So, so creation is leverage. It's a form of leverage. Even when God made everything, God made the sun and the moon. What did he do? He made the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. God had delegation, right? He, he delegated to the, to the land to bring forth the land animals. He delegated to the water to bring forth the fish and the fowl. And so what happens is creation gives us leverage. Ah, but connection, connection gives us love. So... The whole, like, 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 just spending time with somebody you love is awesome. It's just like, it's like, I love it. When I, I'm so weird. I'm, I'm going to be the first to admit I'm weird. But I get excited when I see people in my family. I do. When I see my wife, I get excited. When I'm on my way home to see my wife, I get excited. When, I'm on, when my, I know my daughter's coming over, I get excited. My son-in-law, my grandbaby, when I, I, I get excited. My son, I, my son gets back and he surprises us from wherever his trips around the world. I'm like, oh, man, June's, he's here, he's here. I get excited. Like, my brother Mark came in this morning. I was all excited to see him. I hadn't seen him in a couple weeks and talked to her. Like, I get excited when I see the folks who are here. Like, I get excited when I see y'all. I'm just that dude. The people that I work with, I get excited when I see I love the connection that I have with people. I love people. Uh, my daughter said to me one time, she said, Dad, you're not going to like this, but this is what we should do. I said, well, how can you tell me I'm not going to like it before you even tell me what it is? Because it doesn't have anything to do with people, and you love everything to do with people. Well, you got a point. Okay, so so okay, so now you know me. So what's your, what's your point? Okay. Anyway, um, so connection. So so creation is leverage. Connection is love. Contribution is legacy. It's the thing. It's the things that we give to perpetuate the fact that we were here. Every time you write a book, that's contribution. That's lever. That's le- that's legacy. Every time you create some content, you like. My YouTube, that's, that's contribution. That's legacy. The books that I've written will li- be alive after I'm dead. The videos that I've made will be alive after I'm dead. And so the more, the more I make my life about creation, contribution, creation, connection, and contribution, the more I am being like God. The more I can make my marriage focus, the focus of my marriage, about creation, connection, and contribution. By the way, Here's what's really interesting. Um, creation is creates a level of difficulty in having connection. Right? We we have all three needs, but when like the if I if I spend sixteen hours, eighteen hours a day working, it's going to be hard for me to have relationships with people other than the people at work. 
So creation literally inhibits connection. Well, that's fascinating, because you know what else? Connection oftentimes breeds conflict. Wait, are you saying the more connected you are, the more likely you are to fall out with somebody? 100%. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm saying. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this so that you will know that that feeling you have of irritation with people that you're really closely connected with, that's not a sign that you need to get them out of your life necessarily. Sometimes that's just a sign that that person is in your life. <laughs> Can I get a witness? <laughs> so, see, I, I've got six brothers. I don't always agree with all six of my brothers. But I always, I always endeavor to do everything in my power to get along with them, and I feel like they always do endeavor to do everything in their power to get along with me. I work with some wonderful people, but guess what? We don't always agree. Sometimes, sometimes I get a little sideways. I know y'all can't imagine that. Y'all know. Y'all seen that side of me. Um, but, but I don't love them any less. Some, my, <laughs> Art Williams had one of the funniest sayings I've ever heard in my life. He said, he said I love Angela Williams. Fell in love with her in second grade. Only girlfriend I ever had. And I love her more than I can tell you, but I don't like her all the time, <laughs> right? And um, some, you don't like the people you love. You don't like them all the time, and that's okay. I know, right? Isn't that the truth? You know, it can it could go from from hour to hour, minute to minute, or whatever. There'll be times when I don't like my wife. I love my wife, but there are times that I don't like her. There are times she doesn't like me. But I realized over the years, and this is through the glory and grace of God's teachings, that it's not about something that you, if if you're not happy with the situation that you don't, something that you don't like about your loved ones, especially being married, and then you want to say, dissolve the relationship. And the world perpetuates perpetuates this all the time. But I've learned even more so that, okay, you may not like something that he or she is about or does, but you've learned, you've loved that person. So it's something about that person that you love overall. And as time goes on, we learn to, say, accept the things that we don't like about that person. Because even taking another step, there's there's some things I don't like. There, there may be times I don't like um, one of my sons. Same with her. And it, it, <laughs> very well, it's the same with them. They may not like us at times. But the bottom line is that we have to realize that we still love these people. We still love our wives. We still love our husbands. We still love our children. That is the issue. That is the bottom line. And sometimes we forget this because we get wrapped up in the world's ways. Because connection literally breeds conflict. 
Because the more time you spend with somebody, the more you're going to see how they could have done it, whatever it is, better. Can I get a witness? Like the more time you spend with somebody, the more you're going to see their flaws. But their flaws existed before you could see them and you still wanted to be connected. Let's don't make the mistake of thinking that, oh, these flaws are some new thing that didn't exist until just now. No, they had them flaws. You were just willing to overlook them in the beginning. Can I get a witness? Well, and then contribution. Contribution is that legacy piece. And here's what's really interesting about contribution. Even though contributing seems like if I contribute, I'm going to have less, God has set it up in such a way that one of the most important components in multiplication is subtraction. What does that mean? That means give in it shall be given unto you. (laughs) Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Here's what the scripture says, shall men give into your bosom. The more you contribute, the more you multiply. What is this? Like, Like, contribution somehow creates compounding. How does that happen? It's a God thing. But isn't it fascinating how marriage is a picture of the fact that God wants us to open our spirit, receive his seed, so we can give new life to new behaviors, new habits, new character that didn't exist before we opened our spirit and received that seed. And then we cultivate it. And what we have is in our relationship with God, what we have is we have creation, connection, contribution. In our relationship with other people, we have creation, we have connection, we have contribution. This is the mystery of Christ and the church. You say, Myron, like, what is the significance of this? That's the, the significance is the mystery. The mystery is the... To me, I was like, oh, so that's how. It's really interesting. Uh, it's interesting that a man, if you spell the word male, the word man in Hebrew is the word adom, aleph, dalad, mem. The word woman, I mean, the word, the word for male is ish, like aleph, yud, shin. <laughs> interesting, interesting side note, okay? You've heard the word British, right? So a lot of people don't realize that what the word British is a compound word. It's a compound Hebrew word, actually. Um, which is, it's, it's, it's a farce because the word Brit means covenant and the word ish means man. So the word British means covenant man because the British people really were silly enough to believe that they were replacing Israel as God's chosen people. That's where the word British comes from. I know. You have to be really fascinating to come up with something that fascinating. Anyway, um, but the word ish, aleph yud shin, but the word for female is the word isha. Aleph shin, aleph shin hey. Okay, here's what's really cool. The man has a letter in his name that the woman doesn't have in hers. The woman has a letter in her name that the man doesn't have in his. The man has a yod and the woman has a hey. Now yod, the word, the letter yod, the word yod means a hand. But the, a, a yod is a picture. This is so beautiful. I never even thought of this till just now. It gave me chills. Okay, um, a yod is a picture of a thought and a seed. Isn't that fascinating? That a yod is a picture. It's a picture of a thought because it is a letter in the Hebrew alphabet 
that dangles in the air. It doesn't, you know how letters come down and touch the line? Some letters go down below the line. Some letters land on the line. The yod just hangs in the air. It doesn't touch the line. So it's a picture of a thought. It means hand. It's a picture of a thought, but it's also a picture of a seed. Wasn't it interesting that God puts his seed in us so that we can start having the mind of Christ, like we can start thinking about his truth? Okay, cool. But what does a woman have? A woman has a hay. Now, the letter hay, Aleph, Bait, Gimel, Dalad, hay, the letter hay is it's a picture of a house with an open window, but it's, it's the concept of a container that reveals, right? A container that reveals. And so, um, like, if you look at a man and a woman, a man releases his seed, a woman carries that seed, and then she, what, eventually gives birth and reveals that new life. Such a beautiful picture. And what does it say about God? When God's word works in us, it produces in us good works. And here's what it said, here's what Jesus said in, in, in um, Matthew chapter 5. He said um, that you are the light of the world. It says that when men behold your good works, they will glorify your Father which is in heaven. Why? Because but you, they, you will know that no human being behaves like this on their own. So you have to give glory where glory belongs, and that is to God. So the mystery of Christ in the church is this. Let's get joy from receiving the truth of God's word. Let's let it produce a new life. Okay, that's it. I hope you enjoyed today's message, but most of all, learn and grow from it. And be sure to check out Myron Golden's YouTube channel. And of course, check out my website, www.fantline.company.site. And whatever platform you're on, be sure to subscribe, like, and share. Enough said.